Today, I want to take your attention towards a scripture that God has put in my heart. Um, are you all happy? You all happy that I'm here? If you're not happy, I'm going back. <laughs> Today, I want to bring your attention towards um, a scripture that God put in my heart as I was meditating on Pentecost Sunday. And, and sometimes, you know, I mean, nothing wrong about this. Sometimes, you know, when I get to minister in some of these wonderful places with a lot of restrictions, but you see the Spirit of God moving powerfully and tangibly, and you see an immediate response of your word transforming the lives of people. You know, I had the opportunity to baptize some non-Christian people in these areas, and uh, you see the immediate response of some of these folks, and you're like, wow, God, you're moving in a powerful way. And I come back here, and I was praying and preparing. I said, God, I want you to uh, uh, release a prophetic word into the life of our church. And the reason why I share this is because, you know, you release prophetic words, not with what you are seeing, but it might be something that is against your life, but you are releasing a word of faith into that circumstances because you believe only by God, things will change. Man's power and wisdom and knowledge can fail, but God's word never fails. Every single word that you release in the power of the scripture of God's anointing will take place and will birth out things that you call it out for. Today, I want to proclaim into our church, and I heard a voice, uh, I heard, heard a word uh, that, that prompted me to say this, the wind is blowing again. The wind is blowing again. You know, if you read, uh, you know, that's the, 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 the text that I want to, the, uh, that we'll read today is from Acts chapter 2, verse 1, 2, 3. Acts chapter 2, verses 1, Two, three. This is how it reads. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all gathered in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other Tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Man cannot enable you to speak in tongues. Knowledge cannot enable you to speak in tongues. Education or theological background cannot enable you to speak in tongues. And the only thing that enables you to speak in tongue is the work of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this church. I cannot go touch somebody and say, hey, stop speaking in tongues. No, it won't happen. They may start talking gibberish. I don't know. But the way you will speak in tongues is when the Holy Spirit comes into your life. You know, when I was ministering in some of these places, I was just praying and I prayed, God, this trip, I want to see uh, a transformation in the life of people. I want to see that as I proclaim, I want to see that Father, people who are being born and raised in a Christian background in a church, I want to see that they fill in the Holy Ghost. And one of the first physical evidences of people being filled in the Holy Spirit is number one, is salvation. Are you with me? It's salvation. Nobody can say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit is what the word says. Are you with me? Please track alongside, right? So one of the physical evidences in your life when the Holy Spirit comes into your life is salvation. How does salvation happen? Through repentance. You repent of your sins. That's what you see in the New Testament. Whenever Holy Spirit started working in the life of people, people repented. What is the sign of revival? People repent of their sins. What is happening when repentance takes place? God's anointing comes upon our life. 
Why? Because He wants to use you. You were a sinner, but when Christ Jesus steps into your life, you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away and you become all things new in Christ Jesus. So guess what? Today in our churches, we need the Holy Spirit. Why do I say this? We have the best worship teams. We have everything. But we need people to repent of their sins every single day. Are you with me, church? Are you with me? See, salvation is the gift of God. You don't earn it. All the thing that, only thing that we get to do is to say, God, I need you more than anything else. Not like yesterday, but today is a new day. I need you, Lord. Salvation is the gift of heaven. And it begins with a heart that repents from all the doings that we've been engaged in in the previous days. And I say, God, I want your Holy Spirit. So one of the first physical evidences of you being filled in the Holy Spirit is salvation. Comes through your repentance, which leads towards a revival. One moment can become a movement only with the help of Holy Spirit. Let me repeat that. A moment can become a movement only with the help of the Holy Spirit. In the upper room, you see a couple of guys, you know, who were trained by Jesus. They walked with Jesus. They, they ate with Jesus. They, they talked alongside Jesus. They worked alongside Jesus. Gathered in the upper room. Why? Because Jesus asked them to do so. They gathered in the upper room. They stayed there together. They repented of their sins. They waited for the presence of God. And Holy Spirit enabled them to speak in tongues. What happens? They receive the power. Once they received the power, they were not shut behind the door anymore. Are you with me, church? Listen to this very carefully. When they received the power, they were not seated behind any chair anymore. When they received the power, they were not stuck behind closed doors anymore. But they left those places, walked into uncharted waters. Why? So that they will take the message and the salvation of God into places where God was sending them. I pray that during this season and walk of your life, you will have the infilling of the Holy Spirit, which will make you repent of your sins which will say, God, I need you fresh in my life. Lord, I need to experience your salvation today. Not what happened yesterday. Today's a new day. I want to renew the salvation in my life, oh Lord, with the help of the Holy Spirit. A moment can become a movement with the help of the Holy Spirit. A couple of people gather in the upper room. One moment in their life became a movement. That's how you see the New Testament church was birthed out. How did it happen? One moment in the presence of God can transform everything that is associated with you. Brothers and sisters, you might be outnumbered. You might be a small person in your clan, in your tribe, in your community, in your workspace. You may not have the, all the influences or the knowledge. You don't have the background to it. You might be outnumbered by everybody else. But here is what I want to declare as a prophetic word this morning. Even though you are outnumbered, but if you have a moment with God, He will make you into a movement in Jesus' name. Some of you have a calling for ministry. I pray that your ministry will explode beyond what you see in your circumstances right now. Beyond what you see. In the last two years, God connected me with more than 30 nations. More than 30 nations during the time of COVID. He just connected me with pastors, leaders, and all around in different places. As a young boy, when I was growing up, you know, there was a preacher prophets used to come and minister at churches and they 
told me names of these nations that I didn't even know existed in the, in the geography of the world. But today when I see all of these ministries and pastors and leaders all around and who's connected to this ministry, associated with me, inviting me to come and minister at these places, I'm like, God, you're wonderful. You know, we don't limit ourselves with what is going around right now. We look beyond it. His word comes as a promise into our life. Allow the Holy Spirit to bless you, brothers. Some of you are not allowing the Spirit of God to bless your life. You've allowed the Spirit of God to bless your wealth with finances, with jobs, but you're not allowing the Spirit of God to bless you spiritually in your life. Allow the Spirit of God to bless you spiritually. How does it happen? One change in your life. How does it happen? One desire in your heart to say, God, I am waiting for your presence on the 20, you know, on, on, in, in the year 2022, this Pentecost Sunday. I want my message to come as a prophetic reminder into the hearts of people in this room. Lord, I desire you more than anything else. Everything else will fade away. If there is one thing I long for, Lord, it is the presence of yours because your presence has the power to transform everything that is associated with me. Brothers and sisters, as we look into the scriptures here, you know, we see 2,000 years ago, the apostles, the disciples gathered together in the upper room and they prayed, they fasted, they desired for the presence of God. And Bible helps us to understand, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. As I was reading the scripture, the Lord helped me understand, Justin, I'm about to send my wind again. I'm about to send my wind again in your church, in the churches that you ministered. I'm going to send my wind again in groups of people who are gathering together to worship and to seek my presence. No matter where you are situated, you might be all by yourself and nobody to help you. Your friends may have left you alone. Your families might have left you alone. But brother, I declare today, if Jesus is all you have, He is all you have ever needed in your life. And if He is all you have today, ask the Lord, Lord, fill me once again with the mighty wind of the Almighty God. Listen to this very carefully. I wrote some certain things down so that I miss mentioning it to my church. And, uh, you know, we'll put it on the scriptures behind me. All through the Bible, we see that the Holy Spirit has been given symbols, you know. Uh, there were symbolic representations of the Holy Spirit and all through Old Testament and the New Testament. We see it is uh, uh, depicted as fire, oil, water, dove, and also wind. We see there was the usage of fire in many cases when they wanted to talk about the Holy Spirit. There's oil, the anointing. There is water that cleanses. There is dough which brings peace. And there is also the wind that we see. Wind in the Bible talks to us about or speaks to us about a change that comes to your life. Are you with me, church? Wind talks to us or proclaims to about a change in your life. Whatever you are doing right now, if you're satisfied with it, listen to this very carefully. When the wind of the Almighty God comes in your life, expect a change in your life. In whatever you were doing, when the wind of the Almighty God hits your life, expect a change in your life. The disciples gathered together in the upper room and they were waiting for the presence of God. Guess what happened? A violent sound like the rushing of a wind was heard wherever they were. There was a change, an immediate change in the language that the disciples spoke. Before that, the disciples were scared. They were afraid. 
They were afraid of the people all around. And that's the words they were using because they were scared. They wanted to hide from everybody else. But the moment the rushing of a wind was encountered in the life of these disciples, guess what happens? Their words change. Their environment change. There's a superficial, supernatural power that they have experienced in their life. Listen to this very carefully. All through the Bible, we're given the symbols of the Holy Spirit. These symbols, we learn who the Holy Spirit is and how He manifests Himself when He interacts with people. Fire is purified. It's illuminating. It is searching. Oil is healing. It is comforting. It is consecrating. Water is cleansing. It's life-giving. Dove is gentle. It's peaceful. It's comforting. It's guiding. It's warning. And finally, the wind. The wind comes as an indication of a change. God told me that there is a change coming in the life of some people here. There is a change coming in the life of this church here. Today, I'm just prophetically declaring. I don't know how many of you track along with me, believe with me, but I don't care about it. Because God told me to say it, I'm going to say it like I believe it and I've got to believe it because it's going to take place when I declare it because it's the Word of God, it is not the words of Justin. It's not the Word of man, it's the Word of God Almighty. I'm just going to declare it in Jesus' name. And God says, I'm sending my wind again. There is a change coming. There is a change coming in the spiritual atmosphere. There is a change coming in the family circumstance. There is a change coming here. You like it or you don't like it, but there is a change coming. The wind is blowing again. The wind is blowing again. It was the wind that opened the Red Sea and it was the wind that closed it again. The wind opened the way for their escape. The wind moved the waters to return and close upon and they destroy their enemies. The, it was the wind that dried up the flood waters from the earth after it had rained for 40 days and 40 nights. It was the wind that brought the plague of locusts among the, upon the Egyptians. It was the wind from the Lord that brought the quail to the complaining Israelites. It was the wind that brought the rain that ended a 31 and a half year drought in Israel. The wind speaks of God's power. It speaks about God's change. Listen to this very carefully. The wind speaks about God's power and it speaks about God's change. And today I want to declare it is a wind of God which declares His power over your life and it declares His change over your ministry today. Somebody here today needs a change in your spiritual life. You need a change in your family life. You need a change in your personal life. You need a change in your spiritual life. You need a change in your church life. You need a change in your business life. And I'm here to declare under the sound of my voice today, the wind of the Holy Ghost is blowing back again over your life. The wind of the Holy Ghost is blowing back again into your spiritual life. The wind of the Holy Ghost is blowing back again over the life wherever you feel stagnant and stuck in Jesus' name, a change is coming. I declare a change is coming. I declare a change is coming. Hallelujah. Brothers, you can't see it. No, you can touch it. But the change is coming. I cannot touch it, nor can I see it. But the change is coming. When the Lord declares a word, it happens. It will take place. It will germinate. It's the seed of the Almighty God that comes into your life as a prophetic word. Now I pray some of you will grasp this today, grasp this word today, and you will receive it because there's the power of the Holy, Holy Spirit here. Listen, when the wind of the Lord comes in your life, we must adjust our sails of our spiritual life to catch the first breeze 
of revival that comes from heaven. Listen to this very carefully. We must adjust the sails of our spiritual life to catch the first breeze of heaven that comes into our life. The first breeze of heaven. The first breeze of revival that comes into our life wherever we were stagnant. If you're happy with whatever you're doing, good for you. I am not. I want to grow. I want to do more. I want to do more as the Lord is calling me to. And I'm saying, God, I am ready. I am prepared. My, my spiritual sails are wide open to receive the breeze of heaven to take me where I have to go. Listen, as I mentioned earlier, a moment can become a movement only if you allow it. Listen to this very carefully. A moment in your life can become a movement only if you allow it. Only if you decide it. How does it happen? Lord, I open the sails of my life. I allow the fresh breeze of revival to hit it and take me to places, uncharted waters it is. I have no control over it. I have no confidence in those places. But if the Lord is leading you, you will build on confidence. If the Lord is leading you, it will give you strength. If the Lord is leading you, you will receive the finances that you need. If the Lord is leading you, brothers and sisters, you don't have to be afraid. If And if God is leading you to it, it is His bill. If God leads you, it is He who provides towards that need that you have in your life as you proceed in your life. And today I pray the wind of the Holy Spirit is what we need in our life so that there's going to be a spiritual change altogether we experience in our life. We must adjust the sails of our spiritual life. Can we put it on the screen behind me? We must adjust the sails of our spiritual life to catch the first breeze of revival that come from heaven. I pray. I pray all of us here, we will be spiritually inclined to understand. We will be spiritually inclined to denote that God, you are sending forth your wind of revival. You're blowing your revival wind once again so that my life will transform forever. In the book of Ezekiel, prophet Ezekiel, chapter number 37, verse 9, is a conversation by God and Ezekiel. He said, chapter number 37, verse 9, Book of Ezekiel, if you have it on the screen behind me, you can read along. Then he said unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, breathe upon these lane, that they might live again. We all know the story. Prophet Ezekiel is standing in the midst of a valley filled with dry, dead Bones, bones that have been dissected from each other. Bones that have lost connection with each other. He's in the midst of dead, dry bones. And while he's standing there, God himself is asking this question to Ezekiel. Ezekiel, I want to ask you a question. Will these bones live again? Will these bones come back to life again? Guess what Ezekiel's reply was. Ezekiel said, God, only you know. I don't know. In my calculation, it will not. In my understanding, it cannot. Because all of these bones have been dislocated, dissected. They're all over the place. There are dead, dry bones. There is no sign of any life in it. But if you say a word, things will change up. But if you say so, things will about to shift. In the natural realm that I stand today, 
I am here to declare, Lord, if you say so, things are going to change in my life. If you say so, everything that seemed to be dead, decayed, dried up, every dream that I had that seemed to be dead and gone. But God, if you say so, it will come back to life again. Only at the mention of your word, things will change. It has to change. Systems will follow the word of God. Nations will follow the word of God. Businesses will follow the word of God. Why? The word of God has the authority over everything. Prophet Ezekiel stands in the midst of dry bones in that valley. He's been asked the question, Son, do you think these bones will live again? I believe there are people under my voice today. You are standing in some sort of a valley filled with dry bones where you think that nothing is going to happen. Probably I will be one of these dislocated bones in this valley. Nobody will know about me at all. I'm going to die. Will be destroyed. Every hope that I had is completely gone. But here's the word that God wants to send in your life. I want you to know and understand, not at your knowledge, not at your power or your influence or your financial background, but the word of God, things has to change. Nations, creation obeys the word of God. What you declare will come to pass. God's word says in Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 9, then said unto me, then God said unto me, prophesy unto the wind. Listen to this very carefully. Prophesy unto the wind. Why wind? Because wind or the breath of God, the Ruach of God in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, you see the Ruach of God, the breath of God. In the beginning, when God created Adam and Eve, what did he do after he created? He breathed his breath, his Ruach into the life of his creation, created beings. And the same principle you see in the valley of dry bones. God said, you know what? I want you to prophesy unto the wind. Brothers and sisters, life is all around you, but you have to call it out today. Your answer to your trouble is all around you, but you have to call it out today. You have to declare it in Jesus' name. I look at my circumstances. It may be failing right now, but I will look into God who gives me the answer. My circumstances will hold me back as a hostage, but I look beyond it. I look to the author, the savior of my life. I look at the face, the redeemer, my Lord Jesus Christ. He gives me the victory. He will take me and lead me into a victorious place. Ezekiel stood in the midst of the rye bones in that valley. Guess what he did? He looked at his circumstances but he chose to believe God. He chose to believe God. I want you to declare today, I know my circumstances might be, I'm a failure or, or it might be lead me into some sort of a dead situation. But in the midst of that, I am going to declare the Ruach of God, the breath of God, the wind of God will blow back again. This wind is going to change everything. This wind is going to bring life in Jesus name and it is going to blow again in your life, on the Pentecost Sunday. This is exactly what I want to mention. Believe it. I want people here in this room to understand. God is about to blow the wind of revival over your life. Come closer to Him. 
make it a commitment in our life to say, God, I don't want to be distracted with every attractions of the world. But all I want is to be attracted by your presence. Attractions of this world will fade away. But to be attracted by Jesus is a lifelong decision that will honor you. Whatever you do will be a blessing when you declare, Lord, I want to be attracted by your presence. You know what? In the Old Testament, we see Moses left the tent, but there's one person who did not. Joshua did not leave the tent. He just lingered around it. He wanted more, more of God's presence. Guess what happened? After Moses was passed away, was taken out, the next leader that came into the life of Israelite was Joshua. Why? Because a desire to be in the presence of God Almighty. Today, I'm going to ask the church, desire for the presence of God. Ask the Lord to fill us, fill our life once again. Ezekiel, in the midst of dry bones, chose to prophesy against all odds, chose to prophesy against everything that seemed destroyed, destructed, distracted. He chose to prophesy. I am here to declare today, you are prophets of God seated in this room. What you say will come to pass. What you declare will happen in your life. Bible says, God said to Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of, son of man. Say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, breathe upon these slain, that they may live again. In Jesus' name today, I want to declare over the situation of our church, the family, the members, and the people. Under my voice, on the online platform, wherever you are, I want to declare you will come forth to life once again. Depression has no room in your life. Sickness has no room in your life. Fear has no room in your life. Grief has no room in your life. And in Jesus' name, I declare, come forth to life. O wind of the Almighty God, breathe upon these people that they might live once again. You will live in the land of the living and glorify God. You will not die with what's going on. God says you will live in the land of the living and you will glorify God Almighty. As we talk about that, listen, the wind of God opens our spiritual eyes and brings a revelation into our heart. Following Jesus is all about revelation. People read Bible. I've, I know I've met with a couple of my friends, you know, I mean, uh, they, they, uh, they might be following us. Uh, you know, they, they're from different backgrounds. You know, I have, I, you know, because I'm a pastor, I did not want to be saying, you know what, I don't have friends with others. They all follow different religious backgrounds. And, you know, some of them read the Bible. They all read the Bible because I'm a pastor. They're my friends. And at some point, I've given them a Bible and they all read the Bible. And I tell them, hey, when you read the Bible, don't just read them like a storybook that you read. You know, sit down, meditate on it. When you do so, that's when you see a change in your life. We have people in this room who accepted the Lord uh, right after they started reading God's word because God's word brings a revelation into your life. Are you with me? It illuminates in your life in a way that nothing else, no other storybook has ever illuminated. It reveals something in your life that only this book can show. When you read God's word, it brings a revelation into your life. Salvation, walking behind God, walking and following Jesus is all about the revelation you have received in your life. What is the revelation in your heart? What is the revelation? What has been revealed to you is the revelation you have in your life. 
what has been revealed to you. Certain things have been hidden. But when it is revealed to you, it becomes a revelation in your life. And that revelation will lead you from one place to the other. We were all children of the darkness. We were all in the dark world. But the word of the Lord has illuminated in our life and that dark particles have been taken out. Revelation of God is taking us to a new place. Are you with me, church? The revelation of God walking behind Jesus. Why? Because eternity is where my eye has been set for. When my eye opened up in the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, I look beyond my circumstances to see the place that God has prepared for me. The promised land that God has prepared for me is better than the place that I engage in the natural realm today. Although this place is good and wonderful, God has blessed us with everything. But my eye is focused on something better. My eye is focused on something that the Lord has revealed to me. That's the revelation of God. It is the salvation of God Almighty that leads me to the upper room. That leads me to the place where God God is leading me into the promised land. And I pray people in this church that we will not set our eyes into the periphery of what we look around right now. But beyond that, the eternal hope of glory is coming. Lord of hosts is waiting for us and we will have an encounter with the presence of our wonderful Savior. Brothers and sisters, you know, the wind of God opens our spiritual eyes and brings revelation. What happened to Paul? Paul, who was early known as Saul. What happened to him? He was a murderer, accuser of God's children, destroyed churches and people. One encounter, what happened? He lost his eyesight. What happened when he lost his natural eyesight? God opened the insight. He saw God face to face. He had a revelation who God was. That transformed his life. I am here to declare some souls sitting in this group, in this church, some young people listening to me. I pray that we will have an encounter with God Almighty. On a Pentecost Sunday, it is cool to sing songs of Pentecost and revival and Holy Spirit and all that. But more than that, desire. Lord, open my inner eyes that I may see your glory. Open my inner eyes that I will have a revelation like no other place. Open my inner eyes that I will see you coming back again for the Holy Church, the New Testament Church. My message to my church this morning is the wind is blowing again. The wind is blowing again. I pray when the wind blows again, our inner eyes will open up to see the revelation of our King, Lord Jesus Christ. Let me repeat this. The wind of God is going to blow in this place, in your life, in your family, in your spiritual life, in your business. I pray that this will open up our eyes to see, not just in the natural, but to see the God of glory waiting for us, His church. I pray God, I pray to God for my church that this will be a holy bride of Jesus Christ. This will be a holy bride of the Lord 
and Savior Jesus Christ. That we will not lose our mind, lose our, our, our vision to what is happening right now. But we will have a revelation of who Jesus is in our life. Every day of our life to walk behind Him is a choice. It's a choice. There's no compulsion. I'm not forcing anybody. It's a choice. No parents are forcing any kids here. It's a choice. But I pray that we will desire Him from the bottom of our heart. And it begins with a revelation. It begins after the wind of God's anointing. Revival flows into our life. Listen to this very carefully. The wind of God. Not all winds come to destroy. Some winds come to open a pathway in your life. Some winds come in your life that only reveal the foundation where you're standing on. In the New Testament, Jesus spoke about two builders. One was a wise builder. Another one was a foolish builder. What does a foolish builder do? The foolish builder chose to build his house on sand. He built his house on sand. What happened? There's a wise builder too. But instead of just sand, he dug the ground and he laid his foundation on a rock and then... He built the house. Bible tells us Jesus' story in the parables that Jesus talks. He mentioned that storm rose, waters came, there was rain and hit the house. The builder that built his house just on sand, what happened? It just blew out. It just fell down. But the builder who built his house on a strong foundation, what happened? The same storm raised against his house. The same waters raised against, rose against his house, but it stood strong. Some wind come in your life only to reveal the foundation that you're standing on. Are you with me, church? Some wind come in your life. Not all troubles you receive are troubles to destroy you. Some come in your life to reveal the foundation you're standing on. Today, I declare in Jesus' name, if you are going through something that seems to be like a turbulent water, whatever circumstances you're failing, facing right now, some of it is just to reveal the foundation you're standing on. I pray when you watch, when you look at the foundation you're standing on, it is on the rock of ages, the rock of glory, Jesus Himself. In Him, we stand strong for ages to come. Jesus is the foundation of our life. Hallelujah! The wind of His glory blows to show the foundation we are standing on. When we build a church, when we build a marriage, when we build our family, when we build a business, if the foundation is not strong, it won't stand for long. If the foundation is not strong, it will not last for long. You know, I was telling uh, in the first service that in my recent trip to the uh, places, wherever I ministered, I ministered at churches. You know, one of the churches that I ministered was more than 45, 50,000 people. Large church, multiple services. One of the, the first service starts at 5.45 in the morning. The worship team must be present at 4 a.m. at the church. If not, the pastor will put them on probation for the next six months. 4 o'clock in the morning. 5.45 is the first service. And they have to be there. They have to be there. They spend time in prayer. Miracles are exploding. 5.45 service. House is packed out. People are standing on the, in the road. The, the doors are closed. People are waiting for the next service to start. You know, they all come. They don't sit like, you know, they, 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 in the last rows. They always come to find, where is the first row? How can I sit as close as possible to the altar? How can I sit as close as possible? I mean, I tell you, it was such a blessed sight. It makes me, I told Anisha, you know what? Very soon we are moving back. <laughs> such a blessed sight to see and witness how God is moving in some of, these, some of these places. But can I tell you, some of these churches that I ministered, I watched them for the last 20 years. 
When I was a young boy in Bangalore or just growing up, I saw them. This church just started with two people, three people. The foundation of the church was strong and laid with prayer. Prayer became the foundation of that church. Every church of these, you know, whenever I minister, I saw people coming to the church to pray. If I ask this question today in my church, yeah, how many of you pray? Some of you will raise, my, raise your hand. You know, yes, pastor, we pray as a family. We pray right before we eat dinner. You know, we say, God bless the food. Thank you for the food that we have today. And that's all. But do you have a personal prayer time? Do you have a family prayer time? All of us, we pray for some time at least in our houses. But today I want to encourage my church. And I encourage in our Malayalam's, the first service as well. That find time along with your family during the week to come and sit down here and pray. Let us know. Our church doors will be open for you. Find time. See, that's the commitment. How does it happen? When your inner eyes are open, when you receive a revelation from God, then nothing of this world can ever satisfy you. If there is one thing that can satisfy, it is the presence of God. Hannah found her way into the house of God. Though her priest did not understand, God understood her. I am asking my church. I just don't want, I don't want, I'm not expecting everybody. But even if there are 20 families who would say, Pastor, Monday, five o'clock is my time. I'm going to come here and pray. You know, the churches I minister, they don't have the luxury like most of us who have individuals, say, our own cars to drive around. Some of them had to Uber or walk. And I found an older Amachi, you know, in one of the churches. He's 82 years of age, 82 years of age. First service starts at 9 o'clock. She left her home at 6.30, walking to the church because she didn't have the finances. Walking to the church. And she was there early to just be there to be blessed by God. That's the kind of commitment. God moves powerfully. You know, I was just standing there to minister. I saw signs and wonders happening. Lame people walking, blind eyes open. Why? Because the people were filled with a hunger to see God move in the next level. I am praying. Situation in Dallas will change. Why? Because a group of people decided, Lord, my inner eyes are open to see your glory move in our place. Not with our circumstances right now. But beyond that, I'm going to prophesy in the name of Jesus. God is going to do it. Are you with me, church? God is going to do it. Can we have the worship team behind me? God is going to do it. God is going to do it. Why? Because people are hungry for His presence. People are hungry for Him to move in our midst. I'm just asking, if there are families here, we have a Wednesday night prayer at our church. Come to church to pray. Not in your home. Home is very comfortable. But when you make a commitment to come, come, pray. Even there is nobody, sit in these pews and pray. Sit in our Sunday school rooms and pray. Walk through this house and pray. When you do so, God will bless you. When you do so, your children will be a blessing. When you do so, through you, He will touch this land. I want to see some people who say, God, bless my nation. That my nation will come to you. How will it happen? One person deciding to pray. Come to God's house to pray. I'm not going to ask people to raise their hands in commitment. I don't want to do that and embarrass people here. But make it a commitment in your own heart. I'm not asking for money. I'm not asking for any other blessing. I'm just asking you one thing. Come to God's house for prayer. That's all. You know what? I've, some of my friends, you know, treated me to very fancy places. And they all work in Bangalore. One of my friends is the vice president of HSBC Bank in Bangalore. And very good, high. you know, he took me, he uh, took me to some places for dinner and uh, while I was with him, you know, I, I saw him. He said, Justin, you know, he called me Pastor Ju he, Justin, um, you know, I serve at my church. I asked him, what do you do? I pray at my church. I go every evening, spend time in God's house. Every evening, 
I go spend 30 minutes in prayer in my church. On my way back from work, I stop by a church to pray. It's the vice president of HSBC. I just want to mention that here. Let me tell you my church. When I live my life here, it's comfortable. Comparing to a lot of places that I've been. We can make it a change. On a Pentecost Sunday in 2022, I'm just asking the church, make it a commitment. Pastor, I don't know how to pray. I will sit with you. We'll pray together. It's talking to Jesus. Young people in this house, there's so many things that we can get involved in. If one thing that involves and gets you blessed is the presence of God. Lord, I want to seek you more. How does it happen when your inner eyes open? When you start seeing things differently, the revelation of His presence changes you, changes everything about you, changes every. I had a friend, he was a drug addict. I saw him recently, he was a drug addict. He was, he was, he was living his life, wild life. He's serving the Lord in, in, in Bangalore, in the, uh, in the downtown area. He's serving the Lord in downtown area. I tell you, I walked into his place um, to see how the Lord is moving through his ministry. A lot of drug addicts are coming to his ministry. God transformed him. Now his life is transforming many others. Your life can transform so many people. You have the authority. We're just sitting and going the way life is. Brothers and sisters, you have a calling greater than who you are right now. You know what Bible says? When you let the light of Jesus shine in your life, rulers will come seeking you. People will come to you. Nations will come to you. I pray that this church understands. I pray that our families understand. Lord, open my inner eyes that your glory is revealed. That that's the revelation that will take me to places. Can we all rise up in God's house? Can we rise up, rise up in God's house? Even as you leave, on your way back, uh, in your homes today, this evening, whenever you get time, spend time and meditate on this word. Watch this again, maybe on a social media where you can write down the scriptures. And I want you to make this commitment. Understand, Lord, touch me once again. Because I pray that your life will be a blessing for many others. The wind is blowing again. The wind is blowing again. Can we look to the Lord? in prayer. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Right after we pray, the offering buckets will be served here and we'll take our offering and we'll sing a song and we'll close out. But as we pray, I want everybody to understand, Lord, open my eyes so that I see you. Let the wind of your glory blow again. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that the wind of your glory will blow in this place that my inner eyes will be open, that I will see you. I will have a revelation of your presence Help me, O Lord, that I become a prayerful person. Help me, O Lord, that I get to spend time in your presence. The praying is not boring. Praying is encouraging. Praying is not boring. Praying is satisfying my soul. Praying is helping me become a better person. Praying is opening my eyes to see you. Listen, brothers and sisters, all things have passed away. He's doing something new on this Pentecost Sunday. And in Jesus' name, I declare.